We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. Eric is frozen there. He did not pay his, you know, internet bill, but we'll take over here, you know, for the Roto World, Roto Grinders Pick 6 podcast here. It's me, Rich Rebar. I'm joined with uh, the big dog, Team Silverback, Gorilla, Evan Silva. What's going on with week eight, Evan? Man, I'm just, I, I know that you're in the exact same boat as I am. This is like, I took a nap today. You know, we, we have like, we have six teams on by, you know, it's, I might go see a movie <laughs> tomorrow. I mean, I was almost, I, I, I challenged you. I was like, I might be able to beat you 
in terms of our, our article being done. But, you know, I wait on uh, a lot of injury news and you just you just run it, you know, and then you come back and, and correct. But um, I'm, I'm probably just going to wait until uh, tomorrow, like early afternoon to put it out. Um, but it's it, it's a great week, man. And I you know, the more that I've studied the week and I, I often like will start 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 the weeks off thinking that the weeks suck, but I, I, I'm, I've gotten much more into sports betting and I like a lot of overs this week. Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about some of those games where we, where we like the overs, where there have been sharp money on the overs, uh, because those are really games that you want to attack. I think in daily fantasy, I mean, I've gone back and looked at, you know, what are, what are some binding characteristics between games that have pr- produced super high fantasy scorers and uh, the one of the most common, uh, like, you know, characteristics of those players, they have been in games that shot out and that went way over the total. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, we, we will be talking about, I think, multiple games here uh, that, that fit that criteria. Yeah, and last week was one of those weeks where the slate wasn't great, but I think it was a good week that everyone had good weeks in daily fantasy because it was so concentrated. The games that we thought were going to be good did end up being good, and the players that were a little chalkier were all all pretty much came and smashed, you know, last week. Uh, You know, except for maybe, you know, we saw GameScript kind of get get the Cardinals and the Carson Palmer injury. Uh, You know, I had Adrian Peterson out there that just went up in flames immediately. But, you know, Zeke, Zeke, Dak, Big monster hits. Those guys carry people. Tyrod, LaShawn McCoy, all those guys smashed. Mark Ingram smashed. Uh, but this week is a lot more open. Like you said, I think that this is a great palate cleansing week, you know, for us that, that write, write up these long articles on every game. And there's just a lot more refreshing games on the slate than it was last week. We had a lot of low totals. Seven teams didn't even score a touchdown last week. It kind of played out as we thought it would. But, you know, we'll jump right into uh, one of those games that we think is going to go over. And I don't have the uh, – the graphic sheet, but I'm assuming it's Raiders Bills is the first one. And this game kind of jumps out, you know, right away as a game that I thought I was going to, was going to be a highlight spot this week. And it hasn't really gotten a lot of juice going so far earlier in the week, but I think we'll get there as it goes on. You know, it's got that uh, 46 and a half point team to, uh, over under total, you know, the bills just being a slight, you know, home favorite two and a half points. Um, but, you know, run this back. We had the monster Amari Cooper game last week. It finally happened. The weeks of chasing Amari, uh, finally hit and it was in a spot that was you know semi-predictable you know if he was going to hit last week it was going to be against the slot in the slot where he played more slot snaps than he had you know all, all season and on that left side of the Chiefs defense um, and this is another spot where it looks like he's gonna be able to roll over some of that success so I mean how are we feeling about that Raiders passing game you know kind of rolling over those monster totals they definitely aren't gonna run as many plays as they did last week but it's still a good spot for these uh, the Oakland guys. So I think that you know rather than just looking at, at players from like, Ooh, they get it done or Ooh, they don't get it done. You have to kind of realize what kind of players these players are. And I mean, you know, no one really talks about this more than you Reeves. Um, and Amari Cooper is a very volatile player and he has been that throughout his career. And in large part, I think that that is due to, and we all have our different theories, but I think that in large part, that is due to the way that he has been utilized. He's been utilized as like a strict X receiver who does not – he will he runs down the sideline, doesn't get a lot of slot snaps. You know, they don't really create, manufacture easy catches for him. He runs really difficult routes, and defenses attack him with their top cornerbacks. 
So that makes life very difficult mm-hmm. on Amari Cooper. And for that reason, he has been a, a boom bust player, great best ball play, uh, you know, and he, someone that frustrates you in, in redraft or in daily fantasy. And, you know, he can have a great matchup and sometimes it just won't happen. Um, so when, when you like get familiar with the, the types of players that these players are, you can be a lot more comfortable you know, being able to look back at them and be like, oh, well, that makes sense. You know, why did why did that not happen in that scenario? Or, or, oh, wow, you know, they moved him into the slot last week and he caught six of his 11 pass it, uh, receptions in the slot. And if they keep doing that, guess what? He's going to draw Leonard Johnson, who's played for, you know, 11 different NFL teams in six seasons. And Amari Cooper, it's going to happen for Amari Cooper again. And uh, multiple people this week have noted that the Raiders offense, and I think you were even on this uh, at at sometimes last year, uh, that the Raiders offense does not have any slowdown in 1 p.m. Eastern time games uh, across the country. Uh, They actually have very high scoring history with Derek Carr, a quarterback in 1 p.m. Eastern time games across the country. And this Raiders, this Bills defense, I think is, Really not something that we should fear, especially in Amari Cooper's case. They got ripped by A.J. Green. They got ripped by Mike Evans. Um, they are going to be likely missing E.J. Gaines and Jordan Poyer, two of their four starters in the secondary. Uh, so it, it should, again, we are familiar with what kind of player Amari Cooper is throughout his career. He's not reliable. You, you can't say that he's reliable. But you can say that he has monster week potential. And this is a, a week where it sets up nicely for him to deliver on that monster week potential. Yeah, and I like uh, Derek Carr on the other side as well. I mean, people are going to look at the points per game and see the Bills and what they're allowing to opposing quarterbacks and opposing passing games. I think it's a, a run and hide spot, especially with them on the road. But you kind of hit on it. I mean, this is a defense that's starting to suffer some injuries. And they're starting to come back to the pack a little bit. The past two quarterbacks they face have hung up 328 and 384 on them through the air. Uh, I think Derek Carr and in, in, in the this game is, has a lot of stacking potential all around and, and a lot of different levels, especially, you know, with Buffalo being a home favorite. You can get, you know, McCoy. You can go Carr-McCoy. You can always play Tyrod and McCoy together with the type of target volume, uh, you know, Shady's been getting and the rushing floor Tyrod's had. I still think, you know, flipping it to the Bills side, this is another great week. I kind of find myself as I've done – lineup building that Tyrod I keep going back to Tyrod and I I want to go up to Wentz on a site like FanDuel but I just can't get there and you know I always got to pinch myself on FanDuel when I'm setting you know main cash lineups is you don't always have to extend yourself to get that quarterback because the quarterback points are available elsewhere and Tyrod's that guy that kind of just fits you know rosters more often and I like him a little bit more than a guy like Andy Gallen at the same price and he's just a little bit more on DraftKings uh, just for the simple reason, I think that this game has more back and forth potential than I think that that Colts Bengals game has, you know, in Cincinnati. Um, so, I mean, are you going right back to Tyrod and Shady this week after they, you know, were a little chalky last week? Um, you, you think people are going to be playing more Dalton than Tyrod? Uh, that well, that's that's a real good, uh, real good question. Um, I haven't made any firm decisions yet, you know. Uh, but that is absolutely a, a an internal debate that I will be having throughout the week. Um, one guy I wanted to mention mention is a little bit of a sleeper, and he seems a little point chasey because 
He went for over 100 yards last week against the Chiefs, which was his only game above 60 yards all season, is Jared Cook. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Bills played a really, really soft uh, tight end schedule early in the season. And then they played a a a tight end core that has some juice, and they got ripped apart by uh, Cameron Brait and O.J. Howard to a much greater extent O.J. Howard. And a lot of that was – just good play calls by by the Buccaneers offensive staff. I mean, putting O.J. Howard in situations where he was literally wide open. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Jared Cook is running. I mean, Derek Carr was talking about it this week, how, how big of an addition uh, Jared Cook has been to their offense. He can run wide receiver routes. He's always been an underachiever, and he's certainly not someone I would fire in cash. Uh, but in a game that we think has sneaky shootout potential, I put a small bet on the over in this game, uh, and I'm, I'm trying to see if some smarter people uh, like the over in general because uh, you know maybe maybe I'll hit it harder. Uh, but I, I, Jared Cook, I think, stands out to me as a sleeper in a good matchup. Dude is eighth among tight ends and targets right now. Uh, so and, and he's not being treated like that, you know, by by the public. Yeah, you know, what's funny is uh, last week before that game, I tweeted out a uh, chart that had tight ends. You know, we, I got in a conversation with, with Ben Gretscher. It's a great article for Rotoviz. And I was, we were talking about uh, how tight ends, I, I highlighted, it's, it's very important to talk about routes run and passing opportunity versus just snaps played for tight ends. And I tweeted a chart that had routes, percent of routes compared to snaps and targets per routes run for tight ends. And I had a follower hit me back said man Jared Cook look at him man he's like I need to get Jared Cook my roster I kind of just shoved it off I was like, yeah it's Jared Cook whatever but he's ranking in the top five and like all these all these opportunity metrics uh, for tight ends and then he last week he pops you know and it hits big for the 100 yards almost hit the game winning score I like that before we move on from this game I got to get your thought on two guys real fast that I think that were fringe guys last week one is if this is a spot we like Tyrod, um, are we just going to, you know, because he's been good at home. Tyrod's three best games have come at home. It's another soft matchup as well with the home start. Um, are we just rolling him naked with with Shady, or are we buying anything from the outlook of, like, a guy like Deontay Thompson, who only caught four targets last week and ran 14 pass routes, but, you know, he was a guy that was with Baltimore as, as a backup with Tyrod when he was there, you know, for two years. Um, they, they lack just vertical playmakers. Zay Jones has been a travesty so far to, to start his career, and, you know, maybe he'll turn it around, but they need playmakers. And Jordan Matthews is still a guy – he's a wide receiver with a broken finger, so we can't count on him. And, you know, a guy like Nick O'Leary people were on, and he turned most into his opportunities last week with 58 yards and caught some long balls. But he's got a way softer matchup against Oakland, who's allowed five tight end one scoring weeks on the season already. Are either of those, like, fringe punt guys you would consider at all? I think that Tyrod is definitely the play with Shady uh, in the same lineups. Again, um, the Raiders have gotten smashed by running backs in the passing game, number one. Number two, uh, the Sean McCoy led the team in catches last week. He also almost had a receiving score on the Bills' first drive, which, you know, what like this is a game of inches. You know, fantasy football and real-life football are both games of inches. And, you know, if Tyrod just places it with a little bit more touch there on the goal line, you know, we're talking about a three-touchdown game, a game where LaShawn McCoy caught a touchdown and LaShawn McCoy becomes a popular play along with Tyrod Taylor in lineups. Um, you know, so just like a couple of inches sways the, the you know, common opinion 
but yeah, I mean, I think you go right back to that 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 play where where they are absolutely playable together. You mentioned the the narrative thing with Deontay Thompson. Um, it does make sense, and they. I mean, last week, you know, this was one of the games I was watching on Sunday, and so I was I was real into it. Um, you know, they were ripping deep balls to Deontay Thompson. I mean, it, it was it was very impressive. And then every time they would try to deep try to uh, try a deep ball to Zay Jones, uh, like Zay Jones couldn't run to it. You know, he he can't go he can't go get the ball, whereas Deontay Thompson could. Uh, I. I think it's kind of still kind of a fluke with Deontay Thompson. Um, I, I actually would trust Nick O'Leary a little bit more. So Logan Thomas excused himself from practice today. Mm-hmm. And Sean McDermott said, I don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, Logan Thomas played 43% of the snaps last week. He caught a 22-yard wide open touchdown against the Bucks, uh, But if he is out, I think that that elevates the outlook for Nick O'Leary a little bit more. Nick O'Leary is, he should be still right around the minimum. Uh, and he has gone over 50 yards and played 80 plus percent of the snaps in back-to-back games. Uh, not an exciting player by any means, but uh, I, I think he's absolutely in play. I mean, his his matchup this week is much better than what he saw last week. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Yeah. So we're going to move on there. We're going to head to a game that you kind of highlighted. Um, which I'm excited to talk about because I think it's a great, you know, football conversation game, but it's not a game I had was really circling, you know, when I, on this DFS slate. So we got the Texans at the Seahawks here. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. The Mazda lineup of SUVs will provide safety, performance, and capability on your journey ahead. From the three-row Mazda CX-9 to the first-ever Mazda CX-50, our sales team is ready to guide you to the SUV for your lifestyle. Shop the Omaha Metro's exclusive Mazda dealers at Woodhouse Mazda in Bellevue or Woodhouse Place Mazda. Visit us online for your next Mazda SUV at woodhousemazda.com. Uh, you know, Seahawks is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. You know, total sitting here at 45-and-a-half points. And, of course, everyone's going to want to know. We've been we've just been playing, you know, Deshaun Watson at will, and he's been winning weeks for us and just winning cash games for us and winning tournaments for us because the ceiling's been so high. Um, but you know, this is going to be probably like a good litmus test because when you look at all his games played, you know, outside of Cincinnati game, it's all these defenses have been pretty, pretty trash. That's not taking away anything he's done. Cause he's performing at such a high level. It's not just elevated by matchup. So, I mean, is this a game that you're looking at, um, where a lot of people are just going to shrug off with it being in Seattle and the cachet stigma of the, you know, games in Seattle and people aren't going to be on the Houston side or is there like legit guys, um, here that you just think can pop i would rather hear your take on this game first and then uh and then i will let you know mine (laughs) well i mean uh i think from the deshaun watson standpoint it's gonna be a week where i don't really play him in dfs and i don't think a lot of people will um 
you know, outside of the, I will say that Seattle really hasn't been tested, you know, on the season. They've really, they played the, the Packers in week one and the Rams on the road are the two best offenses they face. They still have only allowed more than 18 points once on the season. And, you know, we go back with when Pete Carroll's record, it's a, we're not just going to shove all that aside based on the schedule because they've got a resume. You know, it's the, the defense has been good, and they've been good in that building, you know, ever since Pete Carroll's been there. And rookie quarterbacks have struggled in that building since Pete Carroll's been there. Rookie quarterbacks have a one-and-six record uh, with eight touchdowns and eight interceptions in those seven games. The high passing yardage that we've seen a rookie post in Seattle is 218 yards. Uh, that was by Mike Glennon. Um, we know that also touchdown regression is inevitably going to set in at some point for Deshaun Watson. I mean, he is completing less than 60% of his passes last week, but still on this 2007 Tom Brady-ish touchdown tear. And I think when you look at where he's getting the touchdowns from, he leads the NFL in fantasy points inside the 10-yard line. And the player that is second in fantasy points inside the 10-yard line is DeAndre Hopkins along with him. Now, just getting to the red zone has been kind of a chore against Seattle. Opposing teams have run just 26 plays from inside the red zone in Seattle, five plays from inside the 10, and two plays inside the five. Those are all league lows. We talk about it could be some schedule-induced, you know, there. But, I mean, uh, you know, it's this seems like a highlight spot to say, like, well, this is where the tick down is going to come. Um, outside of Watson, though, I think it is a spot where you can look at DeAndre Hopkins and say that, the matchup is probably not as bad for him. The individual play is not as bad for him as it would appear. I mean, he runs a ton of routes, you know, on the left side. Uh, not He runs a ton of routes just basically away from Richard Sherman. So, I mean, he's going to get Shaq Griffin a lot, uh, Jeremy Lane, uh, th- those guys he's going to see. So, I mean, I'm not scared of him. Will, Will Fuller and his five touchdowns at eight catches, you know, he's I kind of lump him in with Watson like this is as good a spot as any for like that to just like kind of come back to where we think it'll be. Um, but I think that a low-key underneath play based on just where running back is this is at this stage, uh, Lamar Miller's not in a bad spot for the type of volume he's going to get. He's not a dude I would, like, really play in DFS because the ceiling has only really been there one game. But Seattle has struggled against the run. We know that tech, the Houston Texans are going to try to run the football a little bit. So, I mean, I, I would be happy to roll him out in a season-long league. But, I mean, I, I don't know if these are, like, the Houston guys are going to be all guys – I'm going to chase the push into DFS lineups outside of Hopkins, maybe in a stack, vice versa with the Seattle guys. Yeah. So this is a a great game to talk about. Um, My argument against Lamar Miller, and I'm with you that I would probably roll him out in season long, but I would be a little worried is that the Seahawks, I think have fixed their run defense last three weeks, last three games, 3.1 yards per carry, one rushing TD allowed to opposing RBs. On the season, they've allowed the third fewest receiving yards in the league to running back. So that would be my one concern with Lamar Miller. But uh, I'm with you again. He gets, he gets you know, 15-plus touches each week. And, and on a week with, you know, six teams on by, he's probably like a top 20 RB option at, at very worst, you know. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I, I would not try to get cute with him in, in daily fantasy. So this game uh, at bet online, which is a pretty sharp, like non Vegas book. Uh, they had it at 42 and a half earlier in the week. It was on Monday. And I mean, I, I put a, a pretty big bet on it and it is now at 46 at bet online. And it, uh, the, the opening line, like if you look at Warren Sharp's website, it was 43 at most shops. 
up to 45 at worst, 46. Uh, so, you know, I think that some some smart people are looking at this game as like a game that, that definitely could go over. And I think that the Seahawks are in a good position to cover because uh, I I think that Deshaun Watson will look like a rookie this week, number one. And number two, I think that this Texans defense is, is not good. And if you guys remember before the Texans buy, one of the reasons that people talked themselves into Kevin Hogan was because they didn't have a lot of respect for the Texans defense. The Texans defense that is missing from last year, J.J. Watt, Whitney Merciless, you know, John Simon has been great for the Colts. Quentin Demps led, led them in interceptions last year. A.J. Bouye is a top 10 corner in Jacksonville. Vince Wilfork retired. Brian Cushing on suspension. I mean, that's like essentially your starting lineup on defense right there. You, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, top five fantasy quarterback in three of his last four starts. Be with me, Reeves. I, I need you with me on, on Russell Wilson because I, you're very good with, with Russell Wilson takes. I think he I think he smashes here. I think that this is actually a pass funnel defense right now. Um, and I think that they're solid against the run. I mean, the, the Seahawks are a pass funnel yeah. offense <laughs> anyway. It's right. They can't yeah. run the football. So it just it adds up to a lot of uh, a lot of like box score statistics, I think, for Russ. And so one thing that I have struggled with, however, is who to stack them with. Uh, the Texans have not given up any big games to slot receivers. However, Kareem Jackson is number 100 among 113 in pro football focuses, pass coverage, uh, cornerback grades. And uh, the, the Seahawks have given – the Texans gave up big games to Travis Kelsey and Gronkowski. So that kind of bodes well for Jimmy Graham. So is it, is, is it Russ naked or is it him with – you know who either way I just all I want to hear Reeves is that you like Russ this week oh yeah I love Russ he's he's a trust already in the worksheet you kind of hit upon it Houston I mean they're 31st in the league and you know points per play allowed and Seattle's fourth per game offensively you know this is a team that has finally realized they can't run the football and they 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 are starting to spread it out and and just throw the football at will and they were a team that ran about a dozen plays in a row from inside the five and couldn't run it in at at, at no chance last week uh I I like Jimmy Graham again I feel like a lot of people like a lot of people expected more and he left a ton of points on the field last week oh my goodness um I had a ton of Jimmy Graham and was dying drop target you know in that first half of that game but he did squeeze one late and got kind of a got where we needed at least for value um but you touched on it yeah the, the the good the tight ends the good tight ends they faced they've gotten roasted by and kelsey put up all his points in the first half because he left that game with a concussion um and then Gronk got him so i mean i like graham he is, he leads the nfl in targets uh, from inside the five yard line like i said if they get down there they can't run it in with rawls or lacy it doesn't matter um they're spreading it out um so, I mean, I love, I love Russ. I like him with Graham a little more than Baldwin, but I don't even think the matchup matters really with a guy like Baldwin. And we saw last week, um, he's just kind of come and gone as it goes. I mean, but the matchup was tough for him last week and he roasted. And he, he had another for sure touchdown too that Russ missed him on, uh, that he overthrew him on. And he, yeah. he would have like a really gigantic game. The, yeah. The no, thing, he got his production last week straight up against DRC and mm-hmm. Janoris. I mean, yeah, and that's two weeks in a row that we saw Jordan – Guys get off on Janoris, uh, you know, because he, he got really him. Is like, he really is like Antonio Brown in that he's so difficult to cover. 
you know, Keenan Allen, I think, can be like this at times, you know, but there are just a select few receivers in the league that are great route runners and have that, like, sort of, like, innate, like, short area, short area quickness that it almost doesn't even matter necessarily who is covering them. They can win and, and have that, you know, that on-field uh, quarterback pass catcher rapport that Doug Baldwin has with Russell Wilson and sometimes that stuff is is indefensible. I mean, Julian Edelman and Tom Brady were like that. Yeah, just know if you got Russ that you're probably going to have to wait. I mean, he's a guy that is stacking all his points late in games now. He leads the league in fourth quarter scoring uh, altogether. He's got seven touchdown passes in the fourth quarter and four outside the fourth quarter all, all season. So, you know, you got to wait a little bit for them to get going. But the Seahawks are a team that, that, that gets it going eventually, and they have recently here offensively. They put up some big crooked numbers. Uh, so let's all right. Let's move on to the last, the second game or uh, the third game. Wait, wait, here, wait! Obviously. I think it's, oh. I'm ready now. Are you? I'm You're ready. here. Well, uh, I'm here in theory. Okay, I'm connected. You sound like a ghost. You're like a spirit that's like with us right now. You know that's actually true. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about here. You know what? I'm just gonna turn on. I'm I'm currently connected to my phone, so I'm doing like <laughs> I, I feel like I'm just doing an interview on like a on a local radio station or something. I got the phone propped up to my ear. I'm ready to go. I'm glad to hear you guys are on Team Russ, though, because when we set up yes. the games for this show, I looked at this and I said, please, please, please tell me you guys are on Russ Wilson. Because he's, <laughs> I mean, it's early, it's Wednesday, but man, I wanted me some Russ. Wait, what are we laughing at? I can't see if you're making funny faces at me or not. No, no, I'm just glad that we're all on the same page. He was uh, the first cash game quarterback that I, I uh, put into my lineup uh, on FanDuel, just, you know, messing around. Uh, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to play him in cash. I probably won't because he's a little expensive, but uh, I just – I'm so glad that we're on the same page. I mean, dude is balling right now, man. Dude, dude it's is, a hard yeah, week I mean, to when, pay. When, when Russell Wilson gets rolling, you're going to lose money betting against him. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and I don't think he's going to be too popular, is he? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I think it, and, yeah. and I think the main reason he's not going to be popular, I'm, I, I guess we haven't talked about the price of Andy Dalton yet. He's too cheap, but also – the quarterbacks in our next game. How's that for a segue? So you guys can't do that without me, can you? <laughs> no, no. You, you heard me just botching yeah. all those transitions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Dallas at Washington. It's a total of 50. Dallas two-point favorite. And we were talking about chalky quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, Rich. Both of these guys are probably going to be popular. Both of these guys should crush. I mean, this game absolutely has a lot of shootout potential. Yeah, and that's why this is this is a real appealing game. And the Cowboys are kind of turning into that fun team. They're not they're like they they still play in like a boring style, but they're playing in these high scoring games now. I know the 49ers didn't cooperate in their end, but the Cowboys kept they kept it going though. They kept trying to score points. I had a lot of Zeke last week and I kept waiting for the you know the, the gas pedal to come off and they're throwing touchdowns at Des Bryant, you know, up 30, 38 points, you know. So I was pretty happy about that. Uh, so, I mean, Dak is – we talk about it every week. I mean, I don't really need to keep doing it. He is the premier cash game quarterback. He, he's got the safest floor at the position, and he's dropping hammers this year as, 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 in terms of a ceiling. You can't go wrong with him. Um, Turk Cousins, we talked about it earlier. He's just like a naturally slow starter. That's what – it's kind of really happened. He's been, you know, a QB1 in each of his past four games. 
Dallas is on over 20 points per game to opposing quarterbacks since week one. Uh, I know last week Beathard, you know, kind of salvaged his game with a rushing touchdown, and he was pretty awful outside of that. But this is still a defense we're not scared of, uh, you know, especially from a guy at the caliber of Kirk Cousins and with the, the offense that the Redskins have. So, I mean, these guys are locks. You're, you're going to play those guys whenever you can. It's a fun stacking potential game. It's going to be interesting to see what you do, though, you know, as for, in terms of the, who we stack these guys with. Oh, uh, because yeah, Josh Norman is probably going to play. Yeah, Josh Norman's probably going to play. And Des is a guy that just – he's scoring a lot of touchdowns still, and that's what he does. I mean, he scored 14 touchdowns now over his past 17 full games played, uh, you know, with Dak. Uh, but the yard, high yardage just isn't there. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, can you win a tournament with Des? It's it's hard. Like, he's got to drop a – he's got to score multiple he's touchdowns. He's got to score two. Yeah, he's got to score multiple touchdowns. So, I mean, do you just play – you know, do you just play, you know, Dak, and then do you just play Chris Thompson? Uh, are we going back to – are we chasing what happened in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter of Jordan Reed? He's run – the past two games he's run 27 and 32 pass routes, which are the most he's run since week one. Um, so how much of that is real? Dallas really hasn't allowed anything to tight ends, but they really haven't played any tight ends either. You know, if you go up and down their tight end slate, there's not really anyone there that you really expected to score points. You may have chased a couple games here or there, but they really haven't played anyone good. Um, and, you know, we've got Josh Doxson kind of sitting out here uh, coming off of his, you know, 84% of snaps played. He didn't turn that into really any production with the three for 39. But in a week where – it's hard to go down at running back with the teams on by. There are not a lot of cheap running back plays. I feel like Josh Doxson is going to be that wide receiver. A lot of people look to at a potential, a potential shootout to be like that value smoothing, the value opening, you know, guy, you know, in the wide receiver spot. Yeah. So let's talk about Josh Doxson real quick, because Evan, this is a guy who I think anybody who is kind of prepping for DFS in the off season, we said Josh Doxson stashed him on your bench draft him in best ball and now Evan it seems like he's taken over as he's taken over Terrell Pryor's job basically yeah the problem here is that uh Terrell Pryor's job didn't, didn't really give us many fantasy <laughs> points right yeah <laughs> so I have never seen a three catch for 36 yard scoreless game hyped as much as Josh Doxson was on Monday night I mean <laughs> I feel like people were taking victory laps on Josh Doxson and he uh, he didn't even do anything, you know. He, he, had, the, he had the one play where he like uh, stiff armed the dude, um, and I mean that was that was cool. He he looks like a big stud, you know, uh, but he didn't actually really do anything in the game, and he only had one more target in the game than Terrell Pryor. And in the second half, he actually got out snapped by Terrell Pryor in the second half. So so do you think Doxon's fools gold? <clears throat> that's something that I'm weighing right now. He. He's he has a great matchup this week. He's in the highest total game of the week. He he's getting talked up by the coaching staff. He's a starter now. He did run 40 routes last week, but he plays in this offense where they just spread the ball around. Everybody, I mean, they rotate guys. You know, they they rotate tight ends, they rotate wide receivers, they rotate running backs, their running backs a pass catcher, their running back leads the team in receiving on the season. So <laughs> In terms of trustworthiness, you know, Doxon for me is very, very low right now. However, I also can see the argument in favor of him. And um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have a feeling that he's going to be real popular on DK, especially because he's 3,900 
and there are no good value plays on DK this week. He will be one of the 10 highest owned guys this week. Yes, yeah. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And you know who I also – and we talked about the Buffalo-Oakland game. We didn't even touch on this mistakenly uh, because we didn't have our host. Uh, <laughs> um, we didn't even talk about DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard, oh. which, which for me I don't even think is really even worth talking that much about because it's just right down the middle. And yeah. if you see anybody telling you, oh, this guy's the play, oh, this guy's the play, they're 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 BSing you, man. They they don't know. No on a full knows. week, on a full week, I would have wrote both those dudes up as voids. Uh, I think that they're both like RB two flex plays in seasonal leagues mm-hmm. because the build, the matchup doesn't even set up good for the Raiders to even run the football. And their team, like we talk about with the Redskins, not being able to utilize the receivers doesn't matter for Josh Jackson because none of the receivers have done anything yet. That's kind of how I feel about the Raiders. Raiders haven't run the football at all either. So it's like, you know, I'm not going to be in a hurry to, like, elevate any of those guys in Oakland um, either. But, I mean, yeah, you talk about Doxon. I think that given his price and what we think about the game, and he was a guy that was getting, even before last week, was getting end zone targets. You know, he was still getting end zone targets. And we're trying to cheap cheap volume that has the upside of, Touch to have turning into touchdown potential. Those are the kind of guys we look for. This isn't just like a slot guy getting opportunity and we're playing for like a floor receptions. There's like an actual ceiling here that possibly could be could exist, you know, for the price. Um, and said if if it was just another week too, I don't know if I would try to wedge him in the lineups because I think he's going to be so popular. Like Crane said, but I mean, I want to. I don't want to go down at running back because outside of like maybe taking mm-hmm. some swings on Joe Mixon who who is is a cheap play. There are not a lot of cheap running back plays out there. I need to get Zeke in my lineup. I need to get Le'Veon Bell. I need to get LaShawn McCoy. I need to get Mark Ingram in my lineups. And, yeah. you know, if you're going to do that, we need a cheap guy. And it all, like, signs point to, like, this being the cheap guy. Yeah. No, yeah, I, and I think a lot man. of people are going to go with that construction. I think uh, that's going to be a really popular roster construction this week. If you had to set the over-under for just number of sheer targets in this game for Josh Doxson, what would it be? Five and a half. Yeah. I think that's right. Okay. So I guess my question is five and a half, 3,900 over on DK. He's going to be popular. Evan, do you think he's a fade? In, in tournaments, absolutely. Especially if he's as high owned as you spoke. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, if he goes. Yeah, I, three, I really do think he will be. If he goes three for 36 scoreless again, you have a huge edge if, he, if he's really high owned. And I'm with you, Crane, that I think he's going to be real high owned. Okay, so we talked about Josh Doxson, but this game should be a shootout. We talked about Kirk Cousins. Evan, my question for you is, who do we pair Kirk Cousins with? I mean, that's very difficult, you know. Uh, Doxson? I, I think you really I think you play him naked at this point. I mean, and I it, it doesn't feel optimal. You know, I don't like to make tournament lineups where my quarterback is just in there by himself. But you look at the target share spread out over the season. I mean, entering last season, Terrell Pryor, who got benched last week, technically, uh, was leading the team <laughs> in targets per game at five point eight. And I mean, I honestly I think it's Jordan Reed you know, that, that you would mm-hmm. stack with, with Kirk Cousins. But the ball can go anywhere. I mean, Jordan Reed, even his best game of, game of the season last week, Vernon Davis had more yards than him, you know. So they just have a lot of weapons, man. I mean, they're a spread offense. They have this pass-catching RB. And 
uh, I, I think you play him naked. I think that you play Dak with Zeke or naked this particular week. Last week, I would have said with Dez and or Zeke with this particular week. I think it's Dak naked or with Zeke. Yeah, and it's weird because when you look at Dallas and Washington, Washington, I mean, they've got six guys that could potentially have a good game. Dallas, on the other hand, I mean, like Rich was talking about, it's Dez, it's Zeke, and I guess you want to throw Dak in there. Rich, who do you like on this Washington side? Yeah, like I said, I think if you're talking about, like, building, you know, you know, tournament lineups, it's, it's got to be Reed. I mean, we're talking about legit – like, no one has more multi-touchdown games than Jordan Reed over the past three years. That's what he does. I mean, when he scores, he scores in bunches. And when he gets hot, he gets hot, you know, in bunches. Like, Evan talked about that. I mean, this is – this offense, it's really a testament to how good Kirk Cousins has become, you know, in, in reality. Um, is that he's not leaning on anyone. It's all, it's, he's just spreading it around to this, you know, hodgepodge of guys. I mean, Niles Paul even caught like a 25 yard pass in that game last week. You know, they're getting everyone involved. Everyone's kind of stealing from everyone. Uh, Chris Thompson is doing what Chris Thompson does. I mean, last week was a more Chris Thompson like game. Like that was the least fluky Chris Thompson game that there was. Uh, you know, he didn't have one of those 60 yard catches. Uh, the way he caught the touchdown was schematically you know, a, a great play design usage that you'd say, oh, all right, that's why I can keep playing Chris Thompson every week because they're going to use him in that type of fashion. He's not – it's not just a 60-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, I think you can still keep playing, you know, Chris Thompson if you want, you know, to, to chase that. I mean, he's he's fine against those linebackers, uh, you know, in, in coverage. I think you can play him. Um, but, yeah, it's really just Jordan Reed if we're talking tournament upside, you know. And, like I said, Dak and Zeke are a great combo always because you just monopolize all the Dallas touchdowns. All right, let's go on to the bounce backs. And obviously this is a theme that's close to my heart because my internet appears to have bounced back. So I get to be on the call with you guys, which is always nice. Evan, who are your bounce backs for this week? Uh, Andy Dalton. <laughs> yeah, he's going to crush this week. I mean, Andy's so cheap. but I What? I said he is, isn't he, dude? Yeah, of course he is. Indy can't stop anybody through the air. They're a pass funnel. They give it up to the deep ball. I mean, Dalton doesn't really chuck it, but at the same time this week he should with A.J. Green out there. I mean, I I haven't heard a compelling argument yet to talk me off of the Dalton to A.J. Green combination. No, I'm with you. I mean, (laughs) yeah, uh, Andy Dalton smashes this week. You know, very very little doubt in my mind. Uh, Andy Dalton is Andy Dalton, uh, and he will always be, you know – not fully what we want, uh, but he crushes uncommon opponents. And the the Bengals haven't played the Colts since 2014. And uh, AJ Green is going ham this week. Vontae Davis is in the shadow corner and also uh, only plays on one side and has been horrible this year. And there's only one place really for the ball to go in the Bengals offense. Uh, especially when they're not even giving the ball to Joe Mixon in the second half of games. And you know what? I, I'm not going to say that I, I'm, I'm running back to Joe Mixon this week because I think that Marvin Lewis is not a squeaky wheel type of coach. Uh, and I think that he, Joe Mixon could actually play less this week. What he said, by the way, was not even bad at all. No. If you actually listen to what he said or, you know, just read it on, on a transcript, he just said that, you know, I was watching uh, Le'Veon Bell on the other side, and I just – I wish that we would do stuff like that, you know. And, of course, of course I want the ball. Yeah. And 
then you know people spin it into like li literally like for clicks and this is garbage people spin it into um joe mixon like being selfish and marvin lewis himself spun spun it into uh, joe mixon being selfish which is trash man that's that's bs that's not what joe mixon said you know you could think what you want about joe mixon as a person but in this particular instance he did not say anything out of line he he wants the football uh, I can't imagine, you know, wanting a, a skill position player on, on my team who didn't want the football. You don't make it to college football, let alone the NFL, if you don't want the rock as a skill position player. Uh, Joe, Joe Mixon, what he did was not wrong. However, Marvin Lewis is like a jerk. And uh, you know, I, don't, I don't consider this a, a positive for, for Joe Mixon in, in, in the least. We texted yeah, about that it. actually I, on, on uh, Monday night. We were like, oh, this is totally going to be a thing where a curmudgeon Marv, who's the, the new, basically now that Jeff Fisher is gone, has highlighted Marvin Lewis as like the, the next coach that like we can't fathom still has a job. Uh, we both texted about it. We're like, yeah, this would be totally like a game where he tries to set an example, you know, to Joe Mixon, an unnecessary example. Watch him be like but, inactive or some bullshit. <laughs> I want to go, hopefully not that far, but uh, I'll still mix him into some tournaments. But I mean, this is i think that dalton is the premier play on dk easy i mean because we were talking about the, the yardage bonus i mean the colts have allowed 295 or more passing yards to every quarterback except deshaun kaiser and in that game kaiser still had 23 fantasy points i mean it's just an ultimate smash spot they're giving up just tons of deep passes uh for you know to, to pair with aj green 26 percent of the completions against the colts have gone for 20 or more yards it's the highest rate in the league i think that you know given dalton's price on dk it's going to be hard to come off of him you know for 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 cash games it just really is yeah and i think for tournaments he's going to end up being popular just because like we talked about earlier people i'm not really as into him i'm not totally really? as into him not for tournaments because i don't think i think this game is gonna be i think that you're gonna get i mean it's we're talking specific game script but i don't think this game has the back and forth that a lot of games do um i, I think that it's gonna be a game where they do run the ball in the second half a lot you know and because mark will do he's also the type of dude to ultimately probably try to narratively prove a point give you know jeremy hill second half carries jeremy hill uh, breakout game Crane, <laughs> no, i can't i can't do it man. <laughs> i can't do it what was but that? i mean i i, jeremy I think hill breakout game <laughs> yeah great just what i want to hear on week eight <laughs> i just think given the ownership and i think given the ownership he's probably not a guy i'm probably gonna not i'll probably be i'll have like probably a decent amount of him in tournaments so I'm, i'll probably be a little bit under just because i think he's so such an easy call but i think there are so many games that have like really back and forth potential this week and my bounce back is a game that i that we're not we didn't talk about as a game but i think is another game that i think is going to go over and it's carolina tampa bay i think all the panthers guys are like a really great smash spot the cam coaster is going to be on an uphill trajectory yes. this week uh I mean, you look at – I mean, the, the Tampa Bay has just been roasted by quarterbacks. They just allowed Tyrod to rush for over 50 yards. Cam's gone over 50 yards rushing in back-to-back -back weeks. The other reason why I like the Panthers' passing game before I even get to the Tampa Bay defensive side is that Carolina can't run the football at all. They have, they have the worst set of, of running back production in the league. Uh, Panthers' backs have now carried 149 times for 419 yards, 2.8 yards per carry. Um, that's without even having, you know, uh, time off it. They've 
Uh, they're, they're last in the football yardage and yards per carry out of the running back spot. They can't run the football. Uh, Ryan Cleo is going to be out again. It's just a game where I'm not on them being able to run the football, even though the Bucks have been a defense we've been targeting on the run. But where we can do is look at that passing game. I mean, they've allowed uh, double-digit PPR points to 13 different wide receivers in six games. Uh, we know the usage tree is thin in Carolina. It's it's a spot where Kelvin Benjamin is just egregiously priced, especially in a site like FanDuel, um, especially because he has scoring upside too. So for him to ha- if you're telling me I get a spot where I think he's got a great floor and has touchdown upside uh, for the t- for 6600, like he's he's almost you know th- like that's that's easy there. Like I'm gonna plug him into as many lines as I can. Um, and and like I said, this is just a really good spot I think to look at the Carolina passing game. Uh, in this game in general, I think Mike Evans is a guy that's kind of going to go overlooked this week too because everyone wants to play A.J. Green for good reason as well. But Mike Evans has just been dropping wide receiver one weeks after wide receiver one weeks with a, through like a really awful schedule, and he's scoring touchdowns. He scored in his past two games against Carolina as well uh, in a game that has – that I think I think this game is really going to feature a lot more passing than probably the, the over-under dictates. Uh, it's, it's a game I want a lot of exposure to as well. Hey, he's having a good show, I think. I wouldn't know. I've barely been here. <laughs> <laughs> I said I spent the first half of the show screaming at my computer. So I, I don't know, but I I believe it. I've I mean we've been doing the show for what a year and a half now, and Reeves is yet to have a bad show. So I fully get it. All right, let's. I don't know. I, I was on Adrian Peterson last week. Oh, never mind. Well, okay, let's kick no. him off. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, we done. No, <laughs> so let's talk about some running backs and. This is a week where I think it's where it's the running back value is really thin. I've heard a lot of people are already talking about LeGarrette Blunt. People are talking about Joe Mixon. They really want Joe Mixon to happen, even though I don't think I'm with you guys. I don't think mm-hmm. it's happening anytime soon. Evan, who are some of the running backs that you like this week? I did a show with uh, Matt Friedman uh, the other night. He really talked me into LeGarrette Blunt, and LeGarrette Blunt is always a dude because I, you know, most of my action is on Fanduel, like a like a total donkey. Uh, <laughs> You just like kickers. I just love <laughs> kickers. I mean, like that that week <laughs> from Vinatieri that I was like, yes, I'm right for always having my action on. Kickers. Yeah, when you have Kai <laughs> Forbath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those weeks are glorious. You're not even alive. You're not even alive if you're not living that life. <laughs> yeah, uh, but Legarrette Blunt is just the ultimate, yeah. you know, Fanduel RB, and if he can smash this, which I think. Um, because I think that I think we are going back to uh, 49ers going to get wrecked every week by by rushing offenses, especially with no Eric Armstead. They got crushed at home by a Dallas rushing offense that really hadn't been that good uh, in its first five games. Just took a torch to. Uh, I mean, it, w- it was to the extent. Remember last year we would have games against the 49ers where it would be like two running backs in the same game would, mm-hmm. would, would rip it against the 49ers. Last yeah. week, Rod Smith comes off the bench, you know, special teamer, underrated Rod <laughs> Smith, preseason hero Rod Smith, eight for 61. Uh, so, you know, the, the the usage is an issue for LeGarrette Blount. He has a horrible floor. I mean, his floor is like two points. You know, I mean, if he, run, if he gets like 11 carries for 21 yards, like you're – you're torpedoed, and that's very much within his range of outcomes. You need touchdowns from this dude. But I, this is like – it doesn't set up better for LeGarrette Blunt. He's like a two-touchdown home favorite against this team that just got ripped apart in run defense 
on the uh, yeah. at home, and and now they're traveling across the country for this road game. Yeah, and it's the second highest total on the slate. I mean, if Rich, if you are ever going to use Legarrette Blunt, and I get it if you don't want, <laughs> but if you are ever going to use Legarrette Blunt, this is the week. Yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much hammered it good. 49ers, they're allowing the fourth most rushing attempts per or rush rushing points for fantasy per game, and they're allowing the most receiving points. So it's not even just like one-sided like it was last year where they're just getting bludgeoned on the ground. They're just allowing a smattering of points for everywhere. Kyle Shanahan's already hinted that like he's not going to keep playing vets. He's going to play young guys to see what he has. And we saw that a week ago when they just acquiesced to Navarro Bowman and, and you know just let him let him leave. Uh, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this is a defense that I think is reverting back to last year playing young guys. I mean, Eric Armstead's out. So, I mean, it's it's a smash spot for the Eagles, uh, you know, at home. I mean, it's a big, big, huge total for them. I mean, it's hard to talk yourself out of there. It's just, it's one of those things like, you know, if you're just saying, I don't want to play like Eric one, I think that that's just, you know, kind of missing the point, you know, especially in a, a week like this where you're chasing, where we want those touchdowns from the running backs. I still think yeah, we talked about – be fair, my, though. Well, I was just going to say, to be fair, I fully understand the people who want to say, I don't want to play with Garrett one. <laughs> yeah, I do too, honestly. I do too. Yeah, yeah but we lived this I, life I, last I year. It. I mean, we lived it for a long time last year. Yeah, and, but, you know, but we were always on the right side of this, though, Reeves. I mean, we were always on the right side of LeGarrette Blunt last year. I have not been able to drop to Garrett yet this year. So, I mean, you know. Yeah. we got Maybe we have I a really just love the name. The, I love the name The Garrett. That's yeah. such a great name for well anybody to be honest. Like that that's elite level. That is uh, that's Joe Flacco level, real elite, not not Joe Flacco elite, I guess. So, Reese, who are some of the other running backs that you like? Uh, I mean, we like McCoy. I mean, we you know Oakland they they're allowing 157 total yards per game in the backfields. We're obviously on him. I feel like people are looking for more reasons, like like are ignoring Mark Ingram again, even though he's been the RB two and the RB seven the past two weeks. Again, in a similar spot like the Eagles, maybe not as good as a matchup, but you got a a 30 point implied total from a team at home. You know, in uh, in the course field of the NFL. Uh, we're still going to take great credit for that show, even though Evan won't let me have it. Uh, but, I mean, the Bears are a team that defensively are are good. They're good defense, and they are way better up front, you know, than they are against the pass. But, I mean, they've been run on as well. I mean, Jarek McKinnon and got it, got them just a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were able to stop the Ravens and the Panthers the past two weeks, but who hasn't stopped the Ravens and the Panthers from rushing? Uh, the Packers ran for 92 yards uh, on them that night. Ty Montgomery looked like he was ripping runs before he, he broke his ribs and then they kind of just shuttled in guys after that but Aaron Jones had a good game and the week before that Le'Veon Bell had a good all-purpose game against them so I think people are are ignoring too that Mark Ingram just isn't a touchdown scorer he's also got it comes with a really safe floor and he fits a lot of lineup constructions as well you know I wouldn't be scared to use him I wanted to throw right, in per- uh, I wanted to throw in Deion Lewis this week oh on, on DK for sure even though he's not yeah. catching passes just his pricing yeah his price where, where, where is he? Is he below 4,000 or 4,300 or something? He's four even, I believe. Four even. Okay, yeah. So he is at the same price point as uh, – No, he's 46. Okay, so slightly above DeAndre Washington and Jalen Richard. And I think both of those guys might have high – people hate Patriots running backs. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, people just don't get no, it. I can't, I can't blame them. No, 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 no. <laughs> all right, all right. They they obviously whiffed on uh, Legarrette Blunt last year. They obviously whiffed on Deion Lewis when he was 
a top five running back in the first half of the 2015 season. They obviously don't draft James White because every single year he's a top 25 fantasy RB and he's usable every single week. So this narrative that you can't use Patriots running backs is false. Uh, number one, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, unless you play like an eight and 10 team leagues and you just need, I mean, what do people think that like there are 25 uh, Le'Veon Bells that, that get 35 touches each week? Like you have to have. Yeah, but they all think they're named Joe Mixon. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, I don't even know what that meant, Crane. Crane. But um, you could you go, you would have seen it on my face if you could see the face. I miss your face. I miss your face. I, I uh, miss your face too. Deion Lewis, though. So the way to, to attack the Chargers is on the ground. I mean, this is a classic run funnel defense, and uh, I think Deion Lewis can can rip this wide open. He's looked great four straight weeks now. Uh, they've really started to uh, to commit to him. Uh, led the backfield in touches last week. Are you going to get 30 touches from him? No. You know, he's got to do it on 13 to 16, which, I mean, I know that's tough for some people to stomach, but that's the reality that we're dealt with when we're looking for, you know, bi-week plays and guys that cost 4,600. So uh, I just, I just wanted to mention him in a great matchup, Deion Lewis with the arrow pointing up. All right. Well, let's talk about some wide receivers then rich. Um, like we've already talked about AJ Green, I just want to play him on all of my teams. Um, do I, that's the only wide receiver I want to talk about. I, I like Julio this week too. I'm on Team Julio this week just because I'm just going to keep going down with that ship until he gets in the end zone. Uh, Rich, what, who do you like at wideout this week? Yeah, I mentioned Mike Evans. I think he's going to be probably underowned than he should be. I like him. Um, you know, I like Alshon in tournaments. I mean, he's a guy that is something you can trust in cash, even though you want to look at the price and look at the matchup. Um, he's just, he's had one top 30 scoring week, but the schedule has been miserable, but he's had two spots the last couple of weeks where like you'd expect him to do a little better than he has just hasn't really got going. They're a team that also is spreading the ball out around a little bit. Um, but I, I still like him. He's got just a, such a big physical advantage over both 49ers cornerbacks that, I mean, he's a guy throwing 90% of his routes in the boundaries. I mean, Dante Johnson and Rashad Robinson. And we talked about those guys just not just, they just can't keep up physically uh, with these types of big receivers. So, I mean, I, I like looking to him as, you know, a stacking option in the game. I think a lot of people will be on him. And then um, he's, he's not on the, or he is on the main slate um, is Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's in a really good spot. I mean, he uh, last year he had 27 targets in the two games uh, versus the Broncos last year. He had over 100 yards in each game. Tight ends have accounted for 34 percent of the receiving yardage against Denver. That's the second highest uh, rate in the league outside of the Giants. Um, uh, on a week where I don't think people are going to pay up at tight end because Hunter Henry is obviously such a good value uh, this week, and people will be probably looking at Jordan Reed and getting that shootout. I think Travis Kelsey's probably going to go overlooked. I think he's a really good option this week too. Yeah, and Kelsey on any on any site where if you can play Travis Kelsey, I would do, recommend doing it. Evan, who are some of your wide receiver and tight end plays? Um, <clears throat> I didn't prepare for this segment. Uh, That's okay, me either. Oh, uh, Mark Cooper, Mark Cooper. But we already talked about him, right? I don't know. I wasn't here. <laughs> oh yeah, did we, did we talk about him? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I went oh, yeah. A long diatribe about him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> trying to just run down. I mean. I think we hit them all. Honestly, uh, Keenan Allen is a guy mm-hmm. I, would, I would add to this. 
I, I think he's a great play against New England. I don't – people have been, like, telling me in my mentions that the, the Patriots have a good defense. Just – just you know, the people are just mm-hmm. bad, bad at this, you know. Um, their, their, def- their defense is trash. They're back to the bend, but don't break. They're giving up like a ton of yards. Right. So, but right. people are looking which at the points allowed, for, which is fine for fans. I mean, that's great for right. fans. But, but when we are when we are like examining the actual strengths and weaknesses of a defense in comparison relative to the rest of the league, the Patriots have a bottom ten defense at best, uh, and they just lost Dante Hightower for what looks like multiple weeks. So. Uh, we, we want to con- continue to attack them every single week. I don't care what, what people on, on Twitter are saying. Uh, Keenan Allen is a great play this week. Hunter Henry Reeves mentioned him. He's an awesome play. Still mm-hmm. just crazy underpriced. Um, I wish that he would have had – he's had good weeks. Uh, I, but I've been on him like the last three weeks. He hasn't had any blow-up weeks when he's been low-owned. I would guess that he starts to become higher-owned, although I think that there's a narrative out there that the – the Patriots are good against tight ends, so maybe that will continue to uh, to lower him. Uh, well, there's a narrative going around that they're good on defense. So, yeah, right, right, <laughs> right. So, is that a real thing uh, people are saying? Are well, sure they look at the points allowed. Sure. I mean, the last yeah. three weeks they're not giving up points, but they're giving up tons of yardage. They're still um, they're 22nd still in you know yardage allowed per drive to opponents. They're going to finish fine and in points allowed because they right. they play a bunch of teams that are terrible on offense, and, and they got to play the Falcons in the fog, and Josh McCown lit them up and James Winston lit them up, and they just didn't give up a lot of points in those games. They can be bend but don't break and be a great team. Right. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that they're not like a great team. Like they're my Super Bowl pick, you know. Yeah. But they don't have a good defense, and they haven't had a good defense for over a year. <laughs> Yep, I can definitely get behind that. And, uh, yeah, Dante Hightower, that's a big deal for that defense. That is a big old deal for that Very defense. Big. All right. All right. So, anything we missed on or are we good? Because, again, I missed the first half of the show because I'm a professional. So, anything uh, anything you guys want to leave us with today? I got – I don't think I got much else. Yeah, I got nothing else. Anything for you, Evan? I don't think so, man. I mean – all right. I, hopefully, some value opens up like later in the week. But right now, I'm not very optimistic. About are it. you playing? Are you playing Juju? Oh, I want of to. Of course, I'm playing Juju. I want to. He was I'm still- playing Juju. All right. So, I, I I had a a tweet about him today, and it was just like in response to uh, Martavis Bryant, uh, and like so, Martavis Bryant is essentially not playing this week, right? So I tweeted, mm-hmm. oh, it's on for Juju. And then I got like 150 tweets telling me that uh, Juju Smith-Schuster was in the concussion protocol as if I didn't know that, <laughs> right? So then, <laughs> so then he shows up full practice today. Um, I don't know. This is, this is just me, you know, being my like a, a clown right here. But Juju Smith-Schuster, he's on track to play on Sunday night. And he is going to not run into Quandre Diggs, the slot corner, because Eli Rogers will be there. So Darius Slay is going to shadow Antonio Brown. Juju Smith is going to get whoever the Lions tried out. Usually, It's usually Nevin Lawson at number two cornerback. That's going to be a very good matchup for Juju, man. And he's – so he's – He's three hundred more dollars on FanDuel than Doxson and one hundred more on DK. Is he the pivot? Ooh. 
Yes, he's the pivot. Of course, he's the pivot. Only he's the that's the Sunday night game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't get him on DK. So you can't late swap him. So you can't late swap him. uh, Yeah, but on Fanduel, you absolutely you have yeah. Fanduel, you can't really pivot off. I guess. All right, let's party. Why not? No juju. That's what we'll leave you guys with. We'll leave you guys with all the good juju we possibly can. But we got to get off here. We got to send David home. I know it's pretty late for him. So for Evan, for Rich, I'm Eric Crane. Thank you so much for joining us on Roto World DFS Pick Six on Roto Grinders. We'll see you guys later. Peace.